So we're now talking about the last part of Psalm 103, verse 7. Now, again, Psalm 103, the beginning of it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So we're worshiping the Lord. Uh, you know, and when it says bless his holy name, we're worshiping the Lord for his character, for who he is. When it says, and forget not all his benefits, the psalmist is calling us to remember the benefits of living in life, living a life in relationship with God. And so this psalm lists all these benefits of the value of following Christ. And of course, we're saying following Christ because we're Christians. The original psalmist obviously wrote this before Jesus came, but we're reading it from perspective of what are the benefits of following Jesus. And so 103.7, the first part of that verse is, who, who made known his his may known his deeds, may, sorry, may known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. All right, so uh, so when when in this verse when it says his acts to the people of Israel, the word acts in Hebrew is is really more like his wonders or his marvels or his miracles. So it's supernatural things that God did. And so since in this verse, uh, since in this verse. It's talking about how first he made his ways known to Moses and then his, his, uh, his acts to the people of Israel. We know that the psalmist is referencing the things that God did for the Israelites when they were coming out of Egypt, out of slavery in Egypt, and, and um, into the wilderness and then on their way into the promised land. And so if you're not super familiar with the Old Testament or, or the Exodus or just the Bible at all, uh, you know, the Israelites were God's chosen people of the Old Testament. And there was a period where they were in slavery for hundreds of years in Egypt. And God appointed Moses to deliver the people from slavery in Egypt. And as in the process of doing that, God did all kind, kinds of miraculous works along the way. He sent down plagues on the Egyptians. Um, he led, he freed the people from slavery. He parted the Red Sea and they walked across the floor of the Red Sea in, out, of, out of Egypt. And then when the Egyptian army followed them, he let the waters recede and come back and, and, it, and it crushed the army and protected the people. Um, you know, when, when the Israelites were in, were in the wilderness, God sent down manna from heaven and fed them with bread from the sky. So these are miraculous things. And so one thing we have to be honest about is, you know, when we hear these things, a lot of times there's a temptation to say, well, those are, those are legends or those are myths. Those things didn't really happen. Those are just stories that the Israelites made up. And, and so that's, that's how most people, when they hear these kinds of things, react. But one thing we need to understand, and I don't want to get too academic. I'm going to make this quick because we're going to get to good stuff that actually relates to your life and to your heart and the, and the joy of knowing Christ. But one thing you need to understand is that most people around the world do not have any trouble when they hear things like the when they hear about supernatural miracles of believing that they happened. We live, if you live in the United States or you live in Europe, you live in what you call the West. And there was this period of time several centuries ago called the Enlightenment. And the Enlightenment was this philosophical movement where they there became this mistrust of anything supernatural. If you couldn't see it, if you couldn't measure it, if you couldn't touch it, if you couldn't taste it or feel it, then it didn't exist. So anything supernatural, like God or like miracles or God doing things in the world, 
Western people automatically mistrust, and this is because of the Enlightenment. Before the Enlightenment, that was not the case. And today, if you're in Asia, you're in Africa, you're in the Middle East, uh, you're in, in Latin America, people don't have any problems believing in miracles. They have a high view of the supernatural. Uh, it's, it's, but in the United States or in Europe, uh, you, you, you really, you naturally, because of the way we think and the way you've been taught in school, you don't trust those things. But the thing you've got to understand is, if you, if, if you don't believe that these miracles could have happened, the miracles that are talked about in the Old Testament or the miracles in the New Testament where Jesus heals people or Jesus turns you know, fish and bread into loaves of 5,000, then you're effectively operating from an atheistic standpoint. You don't believe there's anything supernatural at all. So, so you should never pray. If you if you don't believe that God could do miracles, if you don't believe that uh, you know Jesus uh, that Mary was a virgin and that Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, then you should never pray, because you don't believe that there's anything supernatural or spiritual that can happen in this world. And so, if you're a person who has ever prayed, then you you actually do believe you can believe in miracles, you can believe in supernatural things, um, because you are asking God to do something in the world. You're asking him to interact and heal someone or help someone or change something. And so, um, so that's a good starting point. But so anyhow, so we see here that God made his ways known to Moses. And so God spoke to Moses verbally. He said to Moses, you know, I, I am for you. You found favor with me. I know you by name. He's speaking to Moses. But the way that God expresses, that's how God expressed his character to Moses. The way that he expresses his character to the people of Israel is through these marvels, through these miraculous things that happen. And that's how God showed the people, that's how he communicated to them that I'm for you. I'm with you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm on your side. I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to be I'm going to be good to my promises. Okay? And so, first off, those promises that uh, those promises are those things that God did for the Israelites. Are those things that, that God did for the people in the New Testament times when Jesus healed people and performed miracles? Those those acts were done for us too. They were done by God to communicate to us Hey, I am real. I'm alive. I'm I'm standing right beside you. I'm as real as the air that you breathe. And I'm a healer. I'm a redeemer. I'm I'm powerful. I'm mighty. I can do anything in the world. And so so understand that when you're reading these miracles from old, God did those to communicate to you as well. But then there's also there's also uh, God also performs his marvels and his miracles in our lives too, maybe not as in, in, in dramatic of a way, but he in just as real a way. And, you know, I, I'll, I think there is incredible value for you to write down your prayers, to pray for things, to ask God to help you with things, to ask God to change things, and to write those things down on paper. And then you will find yourself going back a year later and you look at what God has done in your life or how he's answered prayers in different ways, maybe not in the way that you would have expected, but you, it, it builds your confidence. And that is God uh, showing his ways to his people, showing his ways, his character, his love for you to you. And just to tell you a couple of stories on how God has done that in my life that may encourage you. When I was first married, um, my wife and I made a decision that we were going to live off of my income as the husband. And that's a smart thing to do uh, when, when, when your day comes. Because, uh, you know, when you have a child, if you're used to living off of two incomes when you're just a husband and a wife before you have children, then uh, when you have a child, your wife isn't really going to have the option to stay at home. Uh, 
uh, if that's what she wants to do. Um, and so if you are disciplined to live off of one income, then that, that when, then when that income goes away, the wife income, in, wife's income goes away when she has a child, then it's, it's not a big deal. Um, but anyhow, so we were, we were, you know, we were not, not the richest people in the world. And so I was nervous about how we were going to pay the bills. And so I went down to the pool and, um, went down to the pool and I had a blank sheet of paper and I prayed about every item in our budget. And there were some items like our mortgage, um, that were just fixed like that. The cost of that was gonna be the same, but I needed to know how much to budget for food or how much to budget for entertainment or for gas or different things throughout the, throughout the month. And so for each line item, I would pray, you know, God, what, give me a number, how much should we budget? And I'd pray and the Lord would give me a number and I'd write it down. And so I just arbitrarily wrote down those numbers with that I felt convicted to write down through prayer. And let's pretend that I had, we made $2,000 a month. Well, when I finished, I'd written down all the numbers. I started to add them up. The grand total of, uh, the grand total of the budget was $1,999. The budget that I that I'd prayed about and the numbers I'd put down added up to one dollar less than what we made per month. God had God had had left one spare dollar for the month, and it was just an overwhelming sense of assurance that God was going to provide for me if He arbitrarily gave me these numbers. I had I just there were basically any what what came to mind when I felt like the Lord communicated to me, and then boom, I add them up. And that, and and it was a hundred, you know, one dollar less than the budget. We had one dollar left over, and so I that I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that is that was God um, revealing His acts to me to remind me that He's a provider and that He's going to take care of my family. And so, you know, those aren't things that happen every day. Um, and we don't want to rely on those kind of things for our faith. Our, you know, our faith is driven off of what Jesus has done in his life, that's in our direction. It's driven, it's based on what God has revealed in his word. And God also does those things to show you that his promises apply to you and that his love for mankind, his, um, his intent to, to heal and to redeem and to provide and care for, that it, it, applied, it applies to you individually. It's not generic. You, your life, all the promises that God has in that Bible, they apply to you as well. My God is strong enough to raise me from 